It is Halloween 2019. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. We're talking about WWE Crown Jewel, the first women's match ever in Saudi Arabia. We've got a new universal champion. Some things went as expected. Some things were a little bit of a surprise. Here we are to talk about it. Myself and Mr. Raj Giri from Wrestling Inc. Raj, what did you think of Crown Jewel? What was this, the fourth Saudi Arabia show the WWE has done? Yeah, yeah. Um... One, two, three. Yeah, yeah, it's the fourth. I and I actually thought it was the best one. Um, I can't stand that red lighting that they do during the Bray Wyatt matches. Um, and but outside of that, I thought this was a pretty good show. Tyson Fury versus Braun was it was sloppy, um, and, and the finish was kind of weak. But I actually I thought that was the weakest thing on the show. But other than that, I thought it was I thought it was you know pretty good. And you take the politics out of it, I thought this was a, a pretty entertaining show. I was just going to make a joke there that I should not make, so I'm censoring myself. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I and I think it's become normalized a little bit. I think if we're going to put this in perspective, at a certain point, the outrage, it's not that it's out of people's system, but there's sort of an acceptance level, right? They know that no amount of protesting, no amount of writing to Snickers, there's nothing to save the WWE uh, from entering into this very lucrative relationship with the Saudi government. Well, I thought, you know, there was some backlash to previous ones, but the one last year in October, that was the big one, or was the late October, early November, which because, yeah, that was after the killing of the journalists. That was the one that really had the strong backlash. I felt like all the others, uh, it's kind of similar to this. It was uh, kind of business as usual, not, not much media attention. Yeah. Um, and I think that our expectations are a little different now. I mean, going into the first one or two, I mean, when they had the greatest Royal Rumble, the best in the world tournament, um, I think that we didn't know what it was going to be. There were surprises in terms of the talent that they brought out. Uh, even last time, Goldberg versus The Undertaker. I feel like this is, there's a little bit of a rhythm now to these. It's not as unpredictable, perhaps, as it once was. Granted, there were some very good surprises at this show. But, uh, yeah, we're in a, a little bit of a pattern now with these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one, definitely more important than some of the others. Uh, I mean, you know, we mentioned they did a universal title change last year when it was vacated. But this was the first real, you know, major title change as far as like a, up, you know, as last year it was, for, you know, their hand was kind of forced this year. Uh, you know, Bray Wyatt beating Seth Rollins for the universal title. That's a, that's a pretty big deal. That is huge. Improving, as uh, Justin Labar said, they are pot committed to Bray Wyatt and The Fiend, so much so that your universal champion is a member of the SmackDown roster. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do with that. I would think, you know, SmackDown, obviously, right now is the A show on Fox. Um, it makes SmackDown tomorrow night a lot more interesting. Uh, and... Um, I mean, they could move one of them to Raw. They could, you know, move Bray White, White to Raw saying one of the world titles needs to be on Raw. They could come up with some claws at the Survivor Series. They could use it as a way to get out of Lesnar versus Wyatt at the Survivor Series for now. Because, you know, Bray is, you know, he's super over. He's a, the best character that WWE has come out with and you know, come up with in a while. I, you know, I don't think, I think it's too soon for him to face Lesnar at Survivor Series. That, that should be a WrestleMania match, in my opinion. Yeah, um, so let's dive into this. I want to talk about the high points of this show. I feel like there was a lot that was, um, I don't mean to say it's filler, but in the sense that it was serviceable, it filled time, it got us to where we needed to be. But I think we all knew what the tent pools were going into this. Bray versus Seth uh team flair versus team hogan if you're a nostalgia junkie uh tyson versus braun kane versus brock and the first women's match i know there was a universal title match i know Mansoor versus cesaro other things happened but i felt like there were tent poles and there was everything else even that tag team turmoil match a little bit just there i mean these cups they're going to come out bringing it uh out with them the club next week or tomorrow night or whenever but uh this doesn't have a long shelf life uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was I actually felt like that was kind of the low point in the show. There was nothing wrong with the wrestling, but the tag titles have been such an afterthought in WWE that it's just hard to get behind it. And that that match went like forty minutes. So, um, yeah, it was it was it was slow. So, 
We opened with a 20-man battle royal, which nothing says must-watch content like a battle royal with uh, this lineup. At least this had stakes, though. I mean, usually, you know, the the last couple have have had no stakes. So, you know, in in that sense. Yes, uh, the winner getting a shot at AJ Styles' U.S. title tonight. Uh, We had WWE 24-7 champion Sunil Singh, Mojo Rawley, Eric Rowan, R-Truth, Sinkara, the Brian Kendrick. Forgot he was still signed. Uh, Titus O'Neil, Tony Nese, Akira Tozawa, Shelton Benjamin, Apollo Crews, Buddy Murphy, Andrade, Drake Maverick, Eric Young, Luke Harper, Cedric Alexander, Heath Slater, Humberto Carrillo, and Noe Jose, who seemed surprisingly over in Saudi Arabia. Um, I think the surprise here, I mean, they did a 24-7 title change uh, on the ramp, but Humberto Carrillo winning this to get another uh, match with AJ Styles tonight. Uh, Yeah, I I, I don't know, Uh, and we'll get into it later. It's cool to see Humberto winning it, but also they beat him for the third time this week in you know third straight time a singles match. He's 0-3. We see it time and time again that those losses catch up to you quick when people just see you as just a, a an, an entertaining wrestler who just gets beat all the time. We've seen it with Ali, other guys. You start losing how over you are pretty quickly. Do you uh, think someone perhaps in the uh, Saudi officials, you know, they've made requests before for specific wrestlers like Yokozuna, not knowing that some aren't even with us anymore. Do you think backstage someone was saying, uh, how come Akira Tozawa didn't do the baby oil spot? I don't think so. <laughs> They're not big AEW fans over there? I, I, I doubt it. Yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, Humberto Carrillo, though, good for him. That kid's a star. But I think this is this is what we talked about the other night. They're giving these guys these showcase opportunities. And yes, he won this tournament, but ultimately when it comes down to it, if you're facing AJ Styles, if you're facing Seth Rollins, um, I mean, instead of shaking their hand, they might as well pat him on the head at the end of the match. Because it's showing that they're not quite at that level enough to pick up the win. The the big win when it counts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, uh, I uh, I hate to keep saying it over and over. These losses catch up to you. I mean, there are way more examples of people losing their steam over losing all the time than than the other way around. And Luke Harper. There were Harper chants. Has that ever happened before? Saudi Arabia, I mean, they're uh, they're really into this show. I mean, they were chanting, this is awesome, like every match. Um, but yeah, Luke Harper was over with this crowd. This was the best crowd of all the Saudi shows. Yeah, they were hot for it. You could tell they wanted to be there. Um, you signs. Know, it wasn't, it wasn't signs. Right, yeah, yeah. And you could tell it wasn't a case of just, you know, the Saudi officials papering the crowd with, you know, relatives and, and friends. So... Um, yeah, this was a good crowd. I mean, they were hot for this show. They were hot the whole night. And I think that also added to uh, the show being really easy to watch. And I know our cultures may divide us. Our laws may be different. We may come from different upbringings, have different uh, beliefs culturally, religiously. But panning in the crowd, it warmed my heart to see that everywhere, there are indifferent-looking teenagers and 20-somethings staring at their phone during a wrestling match. It's, it's worldwide. It's worldwide, baby. It's not an American thing. Yes. <clears throat> so really, aren't we all the same when it comes down to it? Um, a society I, of just, just staring down at your phones. Absolutely. I'm guilty of it. <clears throat> well, I mean, you have an excuse, at least, at a wrestling show. you got to update <laughs> the site. you got to tweet something funny, maybe. And there are times when I'll be watching a movie with my wife and I have nothing to check. I'm just so used to it that I'm like going on my phone, checking my email real quick. But yeah. That's why uh, we can't watch the shows with subtitles as much. Some of the foreign dramas we like, because I explained it's like, I can't look at my phone if I have to read the entire time. I have to keep rewinding. Yeah, it's terrible. Or just to ask my wife to fill me in on what happened. Uh, so, Humberto Carrillo won this. He is the new number one contender for the U.S. title. Uh, we'll talk about that match. Then, tag team turmoil. We got a preview of what was coming up tonight. Uh, the Revival, Robert Rude Ziggler, backstage promos from Heavy Machinery. I mean, they really, in fairness, they really built this up like it meant something. And I think that's maybe the key, right? They didn't want to do another title belt like uh, the uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble belt. They want the cup instead. And I like that they're trying to make a cup feel like it it matters. Well, if, if it's going to feel like it matters, you know, mention it 
you know, for more than two weeks later. Um, you know, it's it's forgotten about usually pretty quickly. Yeah, I, they should do like the Stanley Cup, have people drinking beer out of it. Uh, what was the one hockey player got in trouble? I think he fed, fed his dog out of the Stanley Cup. Do something with it. Yeah, at least have it almost be like money in the bank where you could trade it in for a title shot. You know, they don't do that for tag teams. Um, do something with it. Yeah. Uh, WWE title match, Kane Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar. Kane out there with Rey Mysterio. After all this buildup, after all this hype, after all this, uh, Brock Lesnar won pretty handily with the Kamara lock on Kane. Yeah, it was pretty short. Um, it was like two, three minutes, maybe four. Um, at one point, Lesnar was charging at Kane. Kane, you know, hit him with the knee. Got a hope spot, was landing some punches, but Brock was able to secure a Kimura. And yeah, Kane tapped out. And then after the match, Brock was kicking the shit out of Kane. Roddy came in, started wailing Brock with a couple of chair shots. Brock picked him up like a child, threw him outside. Started beating up Kane some more, and then Ray came in, started wailing away at Brock, and cleared the ring of Brock. So it's, it looks like Brock and Ray is, is the direction that they're going next. Um, and, it, I mean, they're both on SmackDown. I, it makes sense. I don't know who else you go with right now. Um, so there's, I know there's two very different thoughts on this. Some thought it was just a waste. I prefer a match to be short and sweet like this as opposed to long and drawn when you got one guy who isn't a wrestler yet sure he's only been training he just started this year you know he did a couple matches in triple a but those were tag matches where he did just a couple of spots yeah so for someone with no experience and brock is not you know working out at the performance center to work a match with them so given those limitations uh i had no problem with this i actually thought it was good for what it was the crowd was super hot they were hot for brock booing the hell out of kane so I thought it was entertaining it, it, for the sh- for how quick it was. You know, the whole thing was about 20 minutes between the pyro and everything. It felt like a big deal. Uh, so I liked it. But I can see – but I also know that part – because you can ask, why even do this match? Why have Kane versus Brock? Well, it's Saudi Arabia. They wanted a big attraction. This was the biggest thing that they could come up with. So knowing that WWE is doing this match regardless, I thought it was booked as – as probably as well as it should have. But could you imagine when Ronda Rousey came in, if she would have lost like this? Well, first of all, like, match. I, I don't think Kane should be beating Brock in his first match. You know, Brock has been built up for so long. Uh, if Ron, you know, Ronda Rousey was facing Stephanie McMahon in her first match. Um, and if it was Kane against Drake Maverick or Shane McMahon, he should not be losing. Uh, against Brock, it's a different story. He's the champion. Um, but I, I know what you mean. Like, uh, right off the bat, you've killed Kane's unbeatable aura. And it, yeah. he didn't have it as much as Ronda, I felt like. He wasn't as over as Ronda was. He's not the superstar that Ronda is. And it's, who knows? We might not see Kane again for for a little while. He's under a multi-year contract. He's definitely going to wrestle again. But, um, you know, it, maybe we don't see him again until the Royal Rumble. Maybe he takes out some time off to train. He's got a bad knee. He's been saying he's going to use stem cells for it and not get the surgery. But, um, you know, look, Brock, they could do a reverse Brock Lesnar UFC story here. I guess it's not reverse. It's the exact same thing. Where Brock came in, uh, was dominant for a minute in his UFC fight, submitted, you know, got caught in a submission hold uh, and tapped, and then came back won his next fight, and then was given a title shot and won that. They could do a storyline like that. Do I trust WWE to do that kind of storytelling? No, but they could. And, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see where they go from here. If if that was it and Kane is done with Brock and they move on, then, yeah, they, it was, you know, it kind of hurt Kane, but they could definitely come back from that. I think this was so primed for interference. Why not have Dominic, like, wheel himself out there into the ring? Having, yeah, I mean, you had Ray there, but I don't know. I just think I just don't think Kane should be beating Brock. Brock shouldn't lose to someone in their first match. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was what it was. And I get people that feel the, the opposite way. You know, I mean, I think it, it bodes poorly though if you have a UFC guy who legitimately has beat Brock Lesnar in a real fight before. If he can't beat Brock Lesnar. Like, who? Who's going to take the title off of him? 
but at the same time, Brock's been beating all the WWE guys to have someone from the UFC just come in and beat him in a wrestling match, which is supposed to be their world. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's I think that is also bad for the talent. This is the problem with mixing real and fake fighting. I mean, it got WWE a ton of publicity. Um, and at the end, no, really no harm, no foul, unless sure. I, I can't see Kane as a top top level draw in WWE. I'm sure they're going to push him that way. Uh, but he, he just doesn't have that charisma. It, it may be something clicks and that changes, but I just don't see it right now. They had a press conference for this fight. Yeah. And this was, look, this was way better than um, than Undertaker versus Goldberg, right? And, he's, uh, and Time will tell. Debatable. Yeah, but Undertaker versus Goldberg. If this had went... 15 minutes or 10 minutes, I bet you people would have just really been crapping on him. So keeping it short and sweet, I thought the same thing with Braun Tyson. Tyson really tried. He worked his ass off, but you could see the sloppiness in there. And I I felt like if that was shorter, it would have been better. So World Cup Tag Team Turmoil. Say that five times fast. Raw Tag Team Champions, the Viking Raiders versus SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Revival versus the New Day versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode versus Heavy Machinery versus Lucha House Party versus Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins versus the OC versus the B Team. Uh, So this was like a gauntlet match where two teams at a time, every time a team was defeated, a new team came in. Uh, Ultimately, this ended up coming down to... Gallows and Anderson and the Viking Raiders going head to head at the very end. And I got to admit, I was surprised that Gallows and Anderson picked up a win. Do you think this is part of uh, the plan to give them something, throw them a bone and keep them happy given what's uh, are, did they resign their deal? Yeah, they resigned. They're resigned yeah. long-term. So. so this perhaps is part of that. Hey, we're not going to give you a titles yet, but uh, here, here's a cup. They're not doing anything to appease any talent right now. That's that they have, you know, uh, especially a, a tag team. But l- let me run through this real quick. So uh, Ziggler and Rude, they uh, beat the Lucha House Party first. Uh, out came who was next? Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins were out next. They beat them quickly. Um, so Rude and Ziggler then faced Heavy Machinery. Heavy Machinery got the win. And they were eliminated. Out came the New Day, Biggie, and Kofi Kingston. And then the Kofi Kingston uh, and Biggie got the win. Revival out next. Uh, New Day again uh, get the win. After the match, Biggie's outside the ring. Kofi just gets destroyed by the revival. And then uh, Gallows and Anderson are in. Gallows and Anderson end up defeating Kofi and hit their big slam. New Day's eliminated. And out next were the Viking Raiders, who I didn't... Yeah, I forgot that they were in this match. I kept getting confused with that. AOP were not in this match, but the Viking Raiders were. Viking Raiders get beat um, by the OC for the pin. Now, Kofi Kingston, let me ask you this. Hmm. If you watch Kofi Kingston... If you watch this show and you hadn't watched wrestling in a year, would you think that Kofi Kingston spent like, what was it, six months as champion and had this big Cinderella story? Because he is really just back to where he was last year. No, it's like he's he's uh, like placeholder for Xavier Woods, it seems like. Like they're just treating it as interchangeable with New Day. It's like there's Big E and then the other guys. It's, um, it's, it's such a waste of a great story that they told earlier this year. They never changed... They needed to get Kofi into more of a single star for it for him to be taken more seriously as a single star. But it's just such a waste to just put him way back to where he was uh, after after that full year. I hope this is leading to New Day breakup, either with Biggie turning or Kofi turning. It almost kind of seemed like Kofi. It never is. Come I on, know. I know. You I analyze this it like there's a Pruder film, and it's like, did you see that Kofi was looking down in this one part where Big E was looking up, and perhaps this shows a schism, some turmoil? Yeah. It's just never happened. Big E's I... never getting a solo push. They're not turning him heel. They're not breaking him up. I, I hope you're wrong, but you're probably right. Now, I say this in a smash cut to tomorrow night on SmackDown. Oh, my God, the New Day broke up. Can you believe it? All right. <laughs> yeah. For there. Uh for you, I'm I'm purposefully laying uh the the opposite groundwork. Um so yeah, the uh 
Gals and Anderson are the uh, best in the world tag team. Yeah. Oh, man. Which is weird because you think that, you know, maybe one of the teams with belts might be the best in the world. But nay. No. Yeah, pl- plus you've been you know you've had the viking raiders be so dominant we've talked about it so many times on this podcast once you beat somebody uh for the first time it takes that you know that you can't put that genie back in the bottle it takes that specialness of seeing them lose you know so i wouldn't have even had the viking raiders in this match but them getting beat by the oc it, it just Gets you know, kind of kills some of their steam. Oh yeah, so someone's reminding me the B team were somewhere in there. I forget who they were eliminated by. Yeah, uh, Cesaro versus Mansoor. Mansoor picking up a win. This guy, I mean, talk about playing to the local crowd. It's like when uh, the Iconics get the big match when they go to Australia. Mansoor here getting a win over Cesaro, cutting that promo after this guy. Man, if they start NXT Saudi Arabia, this is their top guy. Yeah, this guy, I mean, he's got charisma. He's got a ton of fire. He's got a good look. He looks like, man, he looks like Seth Rollins, right? <laughs> Doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he's he he's the full package, you know. He's he's still green, but you wouldn't be able to tell it with this match because Cesaro is just so damn good. And uh, so you got to give Cesaro his props. I think he's the most underrated guy in WWE, but this match... You know, in a lot of ways, I thought this was the best wrestling match as far as in-ring action on the card. Uh, Team Flair versus Team Hogan was close. It's between the two, but this was really good. Uh, if you guys hadn't seen it, go back and watch this. This match was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, Mansoor cutting a, a great uh, hometown promo. Uh, he was emotional with his first, you know, singles win. Uh, it was really good stuff, and you know, in Saudi Arabia is the one place where WWE won't have the hometown guy lose, as opposed to everywhere else. So it, it, I thought they did everything right with this match. Hey, I'm sure if San Jose was pit foot in the bill for you know Raw and San Jose, Bailey would be winning all of them. Uh, I bet you all they wouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> unless it was a, a big money deal and they they paid attention. Yeah, perhaps. Um, so after that. We got, oh, everyone's been waiting for it. Tyson Fury versus Braun Strowman. Uh, so Tyson, I've seen photos and video clips. He does this cultural appropriation thing everywhere that he fights. Not, It's not like he just said, today, I'm going to come out in the local garb. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like usually he, is it a baby face thing? Like, I, I know... I have I've never seen a Tyson Fury boxing match. I you know I've I've seen Floyd Mayweather when he would do it like when he fought uh, Oscar De La Hoya he came out with the sombrero, and and he did it like mocking. Uh, I think the fight was on Cinco de Mayo as well, but he did it almost like a, a mocking, you know, the crowd and De La Hoya. I, I never knew what it was with Fury if he was pandering or if he was oh, mocking. That's a good point. Is it tribute or is it uh, yeah. And here, definitely, it was tribute. I mean, he was he was playing up to <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You're not yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna be mocking the uh, the Saudi. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, Tyson Fury, that guy, he's got just so much charisma that after his boxing career is done, I, I totally could see him being a big time pro wrestler. You know, he he only had a month to get this match together. Again, they went a little long, so you could see a lot of the. Uh, the cracks, um, you know, when you have only a month of training, there's only so much you can do. But you know, Tyson showed a ton of fire. I thought the the finish where he did, they were in the ring and he punched Braun in the face. Braun went to the outside and was counted out. I thought that sucked. I don't think you should be pinning Braun either. But you could have done <laughs> you could have done something where you know Braun where he does that tackle on the outside of the ring where Braun is running to tackle Tyson and then as he's hitting Tyson connects with the big right hand they both go down and you know Tyson rolls in right before the 10 count makes it more dramatic uh, a cooler finish as opposed to him punching him out and just standing in the ring while Braun is counted out but it wasn't terrible it, it, I thought it was the weakest thing probably probably the weakest thing on the show in ring action wise but uh, Tyson has got a superstar potential. Yeah, I thought he looked really good in this. Um, I mean, regardless of what you thought the match itself, I thought that he came across very well. And uh, I don't know. I mean, in terms of who has more of a future, it's funny that they signed uh, uh, Kane 
Um, but I think Tyson, Tyson could absolutely keep his uh, thing going in the WWE. I think it would work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Once, uh, I mean, he's got a couple of big name boxing fights, you know, in the pipeline. But once that's over, I could definitely see that. He's, I mean, he's entertaining. He's, again, ton of charisma. Uh, if you let him go and don't script him and just let him, I mean, he has said some uh, controversial things. He in the ha- past. does have some interesting views about other cultures. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, but he's also had some issues, and he said those comments were made, eh, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think if if he's mentally fit, and, you, uh, yeah, don't give him a script, and he could be... <laughs> don't give him a script. I mean, don't put him on a live mic either, necessarily. But, uh, yeah, well... Talking points. Give him some bullet points, some stuff to hit. Yeah. Uh, I like the mix of fighting styles. I've always been a fan of that. It reminds me, going back to Thunderlips versus Rocky... Mm-hmm. Kind of a little Street Fighter-esque. I think having a boxer and a wrestler. He won this by count-out against uh, Braun Strowman. But I, I was sports entertained by this match. Yeah, exactly. I, You know, from a wrestling point of view, it wasn't great. I, I, from a wrestling point of view, I thought it sucked. But I was not bored. I was not like, God, when is this, you know, God, this is just killing the show. Like, you know, like the Bray Wyatt-Seth Rollins Hell in the Cell match last month or earlier this month. It was uh, it was fine. Yeah. So uh, and, backstage and Tyson here. Fury. If you haven't seen it, watch his intro with all the pyro and anything. It was it was pretty cool. So Samir Singh backstage won the twenty four seven title off our truth. So now both Singh brothers have been twenty four seven champions. I think it, I, I don't know. They need to drop this thing. <laughs> Which even twenty four seven title? Yeah, even in the ratings, it's it's been one of the low points of the show. So it's it's run its course. Sorry, I was just looking at a comment. Um, yeah, let's throw some of these up since I think well, we're going to have some extras. Well, appropriate ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's with Robbie Williams? Someone saying, uh, sorry, caught my attention. Um, no, look, I thought this was very, uh, very entertaining, very good. The 24 7 title, though, man, like that's just. <sighs> you know what we need? We need some new people in it. It's a shame that it was with the women for a hot minute. But I feel like that would breathe life into it, especially right now, given how they're not using the majority of the women's roster. Why not for a week or two, let them have those segments? They'll feel all the more fresh when it comes back to them. Uh, they did it. I mean, they did it with Carmella. It wasn't like it was any better. It was like a day. No, it was, it was a couple of weeks, right? Or at least no. a, it was at least a week. You sure? Sure about that? I almost think it was two. Uh, I doubt that. But regardless, it's it's it, it just brings the women down. Like as soon as you saw Oscar running around for the twenty four seven title, it made her seem like less of a star. I'm not saying Oscar should be in the conga line, but I'm just saying we've got other women. Yeah, um, I think it, it hurts being in the conga line more than you know, getting an appearance on TV. Uh, speaking of uh, women that should be in that chase, is, did Alicia Fox get released? She's been posting some stuff on social media. Um. Well. She was moved to the alumni section. WWE never oh. confirmed that she was released. It, it, but um, that's what it looks like, yeah. They moved to the Fox Network, and we never get an Alicia Fox Fox Network joke. I yeah. feel robbed. She was on that uh, Raw Reunion show, and she was listed as a legend on that as well, huh. and not as a current talent. Yeah, Love me some Alicia Fox. Uh, WWE United States title match, Humberto Carrillo versus AJ Styles. And in his third high-profile match in uh, just over two weeks here, Humberto Carrillo loses to AJ Styles. Yeah, he hasn't won a singles match yet. And, uh, <laughs> man, uh, you know. Because <laughs> I hear a Matt's head. is like, well, some would argue that you're in a match with these guys. So you're on the level. But, dude, if you don't win. Right. And he's at, yeah, exactly. At some point, if you don't win. People lose faith in you, and we've seen this time and time again with guys who put on great matches but keep losing. Fans lose faith. Hopefully, they start giving Humberto Carrillo some wins over Gallos and Anderson, and uh, you know a few other people. Don't have him lose for a while. Uh, if but knowing WWE, they'll probably have him lose again on Monday. But you know, Carrillo. is a hell of a talent in the ring. I mean, this was another good match. AJ is just great in this role. I'd like to see AJ back in that world title picture. Uh, he comes across as as a star, which not many people on Raw right now do. 
So I think AJ uh, would be good in that role. Um, but yeah, Carrillo, we'll see. I mean, it's clear that Heyman has high hopes for him, but Heyman really likes Cedric Alexander. Ultimately, it comes down to Vince, and if Vince doesn't see anything in you, uh, we see what happened to Cedric. Just Cedric. most recently. It happens to tons of people, Cedric being a recent example. Cedric is very, very good, but Humberto, like, that kid has just got so much charisma, so much charm. Even in the way that uh, in the ring, his facial expressions, the moves he does, his moveset's a little different than everyone else's. Um, I think this is an effect. This is what happens when you've got guys like Brock hoarding the top spots is you have to have talent like AJ and Nakamura on this lower level. Guys that could be at the top holding the IC and United States titles. I mean, how do you, I don't know. I feel like there's a star making opportunity there. I think they'd be there anyway. It's uh, it's up to Vince ultimately, and right. I don't I don't I mean if he saw Nakamura in that position because Brock wasn't on SmackDown forever, so and Nakamura was there for years, and they didn't move him up to that spot. I mean to put him, you know, wrestling for the world title, but yeah, you, like ne- kick AJ in the nuts, like yeah, star making like, turn, right, and lost every time. But <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, man. Um, but yeah, Humberto needs some needs some cred because AJ Styles won and retained here. After that, he stood tall with the title. Gals and Anderson had their big World Cup trophy in the ring. The OC all posed together. And I'm sure a photo of that will go in all of their scrapbooks when they get back to the States. Yeah. Think the OC big scrapbookers? You never know. There are a lot of guys that I would not see as like video game guys that are. So <laughs> who knows? Scrapbooking's for real, man. You ever stayed at a hotel when there's like a scrapbooking convention or seminar? Like people go ape shit for scrapbooking i do not know yeah it's crazy man so let's talk about what i think was the high point of the show and i think many will agree with me lacey evans versus natalia the first women's wrestling match in the kingdom of saudi arabia both women came out now they did modify their outfits uh wearing basically black bodysuits, each with a t-shirt over it yeah it was like uh, sprockets it was like sprockets but with t-shirts on top uh, that's more relevant i was thinking of the famous people players In the 70s, they did all the dark stuff where they all dressed in black and they moved around big props. Um, But (laughs) no, look, uh, so you you had to get past that. You had to get past that this wasn't even like in uh, the, uh, what was it, in Dubai where the previous women's match happened? Or was it Abu Dhabi? Abu Dhabi. Um, Sasha Sasha and Alexa. When they had on those like the Mylar kids Halloween costumes that were kind of like their gear, but they were full body suits. So I think you had to get over that it looked a little visually different. Um, But I got to say, look, forget all the politics of this. Forget how you feel about it. The WWE set this moment up perfectly, both showing the crowd reaction, the women in the crowd, the young girls in the crowd, the way that people respond to this, the fans chanting, this is awesome. Um, I, I don't think this could have gone any better in terms of how the presentation was. Say what you will about the match had a very, uh, 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 I mean, there was no heat during the match at all. They were shaking hands. They shook hands at the start of the match and again within the match. Heat as opposed as you mean, like they weren't heated, but the crowd was into it. Yes. They weren't telling a story right. necessarily. Uh, it was a pure exhibition, but just in terms of emotion, and even afterwards, the moment they had together, where you could see them both crying in the ring, embracing each other. It was good. I was a little verklempt while watching this. Yeah, you know, it's taken a year and a half to get to this point. Um, you know, it, it, you're con- it's con- conflicting because uh, on the one point, you're saying w- a lot of people feel like WWE shouldn't even be doing business with Saudi Arabia, um, given their politics, given that people are held back, are not allowed on these shows because of their mm-hmm. race, like Sami Zayn, uh, who's... You know, Muslim, but a, a, a different kind. Um, women aren't allowed um, up until this point. But it, God, I hate saying it. It is progress, you know, in the sense that, it, you know, they they have managed to get women's match. But ultimately, it's WWE laughing all the way to the bank, right? This is a pure business move. But at least it's got, at least it's, gotten done and and they can have women's matches now that they've had one i'm sure at the next one they'll have more and um so it it is progress i'm not going to be you know i know wwe wants to give themselves a huge pat on the back but they're making a a boatload of money it's not like they're over there to bring change that's not why they're over there but it is a it is a good step 
I think that's where you look at the uh, the line between art and com- commerce and the ability to affect change. That yes, it's a business. I mean, but the same way, Raj, think about growing up. Everything we saw that broke new ground, whether it was interracial relationships, whether it was uh, uh, mainstreaming or, or uh, you know, uh, the concept of uh, homosexuality or uh, alternative lifestyles in general, media did that and had that power. Society has changed so much in the time that you and I have been alive, largely through the power of TV and film in uh, bringing these concepts to people before they were perhaps a little closed off to them. This all happened. This wasn't PBS that was doing this. This was big Hollywood studios that at the end of the day made money, got prestige, accepted the accolades. But this is their ability to affect change on a social level. Right. And this is what we said on the last episode. It's not the people. It's, you know, when we're talking about being behind the times and things like that, it's the government. Because you see the government doesn't want the women's matches, but the fans are chanting, this is awesome. They were into it. They, they respected it. And they really liked it. I mean, they popped huge when they showed the graphic for the match earlier in the night. So, you know, uh, the government has a long way to go. I mean, we're a year out from when they haven't admitted to it, but it's pretty well known that they executed a a, a journalist. That was just last year. So, you know, I I, I agree with you. At, At some point, that change has to happen. WWE is there for as they are, you know, changing slowly but there's a long way to go and that you know i doubt wwe yeah i actually i I won't say i doubt i know wwe wouldn't be there if it weren't for the uh the big paycheck yeah they're not doing this to spread right equality in professional wrestling but okay take off the cynical hat you're a father of of daughters yeah you see this you look out in the crowd you see uh these people from a different culture these children these uh, young women these young girls looking moved by this moment to see women represented in this arena. And I think that, you know, for me, that cuts through all my cynicism on this. And good for Natalia, good for Lacey. This was a well-deserved moment. And I think uh, it's going to be, this is going to be what we're talking about. You know, people are going to forget about everything else. Tyson Fury, this will be like, uh, you know, uh, the fridge wrestling over time. But this women's moment will live on in history of professional wrestling. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big moment. I mean, it, it will be talked about, for, yeah. But, I mean, Sasha and Alexa, they still bring up that, oh, my God, Stephanie with the the, the crowd was chanting, this is hope and all that. Um, they didn't chant it during this match, but it, it, it is a big deal. Yeah. And, I, you know, it was I felt great for Natalia. You could tell uh, both her and Lacey after the match how much it meant to them. You know, them hugging, the, the pyro going off. To your point, it definitely was, a, you know, it's a moment. Yeah. I mean, okay, now let's go back to being cynical, jaded, and talking about all this. Um, so Natalia won that match. Good for her. Uh, this could be great. And I don't know if you ever read this. I don't know if you cover this on Wrestling Inc. I really like the columns that uh, Natalia writes for her local paper. It's like monthly or every couple of weeks she writes them. I'm actually really looking forward to reading, I mean, essentially her essay on this experience. Oh, I agree. She's... Uh... Yeah, she, she's great at it. I mean, she's she's a smart, um, very intelligent, per, you know, uh, wrestler who has just been around the business the whole her whole life. And she just absolutely knows what she's talking about. And you don't she'll tow the company line, but you don't get the feeling like she's just spreading WWE propaganda. She's giving her real opinion on things. Yeah, absolutely. So team flair versus team Hogan. oh my god um and i was gonna say like <laughs> i can't believe they brought out lana with jesus raj talk about cynical uh even if they did you know what it was a good moment let's appreciate the moment and now let's rip on the fact that they brought lana over there and brought her out with bobby lashley and uh, in 2015 the w uh saudi arabia uh stoned like stone somebody and literally gave lashes to someone for adultery. Yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised. I mean, Lana was there. I just kind of thought she was just there with Rusev because clearly these Rusev, you know, Lana Lashley angles are edited off the TV show there. I would, yeah, I would think, I don't know. Um, because the fans popped when it was Lashley and Rusev in the ring. I, maybe that's where all those YouTube views are coming from. I mean, geez, like, would you feel comfortable with that if you were in some angle 
like theirs where you're like, hey, this is really a highly punishable offense in this country, I'd be like, maybe I don't need to go to that country. Right. Maybe, maybe I could sit this one out. Yeah. Uh, it's like, can you uh, can you plug someone else in into this match? But yeah, Lana came up. She was just on the ramp and, and went back to the back. She didn't go to ringside. But yeah, she came out with she came out with Lashley. Oh, uh, let's talk about this. Somebody did say there were some crappy fans. I didn't see this because I was uh, having yeah. a moment discussing this with my wife. What happened? Did someone throw a bottle of water? Yeah, someone threw a bottle of water when Natalia was coming out. There's, yeah, <sighs> idiot fans everywhere. But yeah, that's. I hope. I I hope they took care of that fan. I, I mean, not take care of you, know, not, not, <laughs> not, 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 not one off the rails. Yeah. But I hope he got kicked out. I'll just put it that way. Somebody maybe got, maybe got a little kick in the ass on the way out. Uh, Lashley lashes. It all works. Mm. Uh, anyhow, off the soapbox there. So Bobby out with Lana, Shinsuke Nakamura, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, Randy Orton coming out for team flair. Then Hogan and Jimmy Hart out with, Rusev, Ricochet, Shorty G, Ali, and Roman Reigns. Uh, Team Hogan picking up the win here. I think we all predicted that. Someone's mentioning, uh, I guess someone threw a water bottle at Flair, too. So I hope that fan got kicked out and got a kick in the ass as well. In fairness, at his age, he always looks dehydrated. And plus, Flair has <laughs> had much worse things thrown at him than, than water true. bottles. But still, there's no, there's no uh, accepting that today. Um, yeah, I thought this match was awesome. Uh, you know, you have a ton of great talent in this match. Roman's always, uh, really good. Orton looked awesome. Uh, you know, Nakamura. Ricochet is dressed as, what superhero was he dressed as? I thought Captain Marvel, but apparently No. Uh, guys in the chat, let us know what Ricochet was dressed up as. I hope this is a Halloween thing and he's not going to be dressed up like a superhero, uh, every week. on pay-per-views. Yeah, so hopefully it's just a pay-per-view thing. I don't know. You know, with all the Kenny Omega, these guys dressing up as superheroes. <laughs> starting to sound like Jim Cornette, Rosh. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people, a lot of young people watch video games, I mean, play video games and, and know these characters. But at some <laughs> point, I think... Yeah, you youngsters with they your... Like the punk in the metal bands. It's, yes, with your hip-hopping and doo-wopping and... I don't know. I, I listen to hip hop, but um, I, I just think you look like a complete dork when you're an adult dressed up like a superhero when it's not your when it's not Halloween. In this case, it is Halloween, so hopefully that might be it. But and same same thing as last night. But that's just my opinion on that. You know, I, I meant I made the point. Like yeah. if a UFC fighter was going to the cage dressed up like uh, Batman, I think he looked like a dork. Um, I know some guys have done it at the weigh-ins. Tom Lawler is dressed like Dan Han- uh, uh, Dan Severn, but that was more funny. Not you're dressing up like a. I don't know. I think it's just different. Yeah, dressing so up like Mighty All Mouse. Might. All Might from My Hero Academia. Um, but yes, someone's pointing out he looks like Underdog in that uh in that outfit ah so team hogan won this match yeah uh team hogan uh after and it was orton that yeah reigns and orton that took the pin so you know all the guys kind of hit their finisher at the end uh ollie had nailed uh randy orton hit ollie with the rko Everyone's hitting everybody. Uh, finally, Reigns was left alone in the ring with Orton. Speared Orton to get the win. Gotta wonder if I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes with WWE, they are just booking just for the hell of it, no real rhyme or reason. Sometimes there's a little message. Orton getting beat. Uh, you know when he's the the top guy on on well one of the the biggest names on Raw. I don't know if it's just a case of having the team captain beat the team captain or if, you know, Orton's recent comments about AEW and, and his Instagram posts might, uh, you know, might have been uh, a catalyst in Orton taking the, the L. But Randy Orton, though, he's a guy that I don't think wins and losses matter on at this no, point. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. He is always a credible challenger for any top opportunity. Yeah, but WWE, they're still going to... You know, they're still going to book that way. <clears throat> uh, then, if they're not happy with you, they'll they'll, yeah. they'll beat you. 
I mean, do you think Randy's really going anywhere? I mean, given his family connection to the company, I think he's just, I think, I think Randy Orton enjoys trolling. Um, I mean, if he got a big money offer, who knows? I, you know, I didn't, a year ago, I wouldn't have thought Dean Ambrose would be going, you know, he was in a cush spot. So, I mean, you never know. I think, I think he's using this as his contracts up next year. I think he's using it as a contract negotiation tool, but I think if he got a great offer, he doesn't have to work a hard schedule at all. I mean, he's, he's got a pretty easy schedule at WWE comparatively, but sure, I could, well, I could see that him. being, I could see it being tempting for him. Well, so you hear all this stuff, uh, you know, rumors going around, oh, the NXT talent, so unhappy, people wanting the release. Like, AEW's only got so much money. They already are doing weekly TV plus dark um, on YouTube. Like, AEW, I think, might go for a Randy Orton, but does AEW really have the budget or bandwidth to take on more than a handful of additional talents at this point? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, no, they don't. Sorry. Uh, it, it's tough doing a podcast at this time during the day when there's just tons of stuff going on. But no, for sure. Uh, all these talents, you know, there's there's limited rooms. And, and AEW, they don't want to look like they're WWE's B team. Like, that, that's where t- talent that, WWE, that didn't succeed in WWE uh, can go and, and get a good spot. Yeah, meanwhile, you, Stardust and Y2J are headlining the next pay-per-view. But yeah, but Y two J, you know, Jericho was a big star, and I don't see, I don't think people see Cody as, as Stardust now. Uh, he's broken away from that. You know, it, it's it's one thing when it, it's him, as opposed to you know uh, a Mike Kanellis or someone like that. Sure. And, and this is no disrespect to Mike Kanellis. He was doing much much better in Impact, um, but he's been buried so bad that it would look bad in AEW for him to come and, and be beating guys. If Mike Kanellis had not gone to WWE, I could absolutely see him having ended up in AEW in a prime spot. But now after WWE, like, he needs some career rehab. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The main event tonight, Falls Count Anywhere match that would not be stopped for any reason whatsoever. They promise, they swear, they pinky swear. The WWE Universal title match between The Fiend Bray Wyatt versus a defending Seth Rollins... And uh, first off, best move, best decision to have Bray come out to the ring with the severed head. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but I think it would have been more, it would have stood out more if he didn't. Really? Then, yeah, I think people would have been like, oh, I wonder if he wasn't allowed to, or, you know, I wonder if the, you know, the Saudi government wouldn't allow him to. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that should have been, we asked permission. Surprisingly, they were cool with it. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, anyhow, uh, he was full fiending tonight. Some cool camera shots in this. I mean, they really tried again to tell the story similar to Hell in a Cell of Seth just doing everything, throwing everything, everything at him to uh, put him down and keep him down. Um, I thought that last moment before he got the uh, pin, when he stood up, they had the under angle, the red light. He was standing above the road cases. I thought that was a very iconic shot. Very cool. Um, I'm almost surprised that they did the title change here because I think, I mean, the crowd response was okay, but could you imagine if this were the ending to Hell in a Cell, like that place would have erupted. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have definitely gotten a better response than what they got. Uh, first off, they wrestled under that red light and that is just, it's just hard to watch. Um, they need to drop that immediately. I think this match would have been a lot better on TV if they didn't have that. I, I don't like Seth hitting a thousand curb stomps and Bray just keeps getting up. It's it's one thing if Bray was a brand new character, but he, he, we know who he is. We know he can be beaten, and all of a sudden, you know, he, he's getting hit by a car and just getting up. It's too too hokey for me. Um, at that lighting, that lighting was just god awful. But that being said. They made it look like Rollins was on his way to a victory. It was like Hell in the Cell. Fans started booing when he kept hitting the curb stomp over and over. I thought, you know, I thought Rollins was going to go over here. And then he pushed him off the side of stage. Bray fell into this, you know, series of uh, carts. Yeah. What do you call them? Uh, Road cases. Yeah, exactly. And, and fireworks started going off. Seth went down, was going going to go after him. Bray all of a sudden popped up. Fans went nuts. Bray locked in the mandible claw. 
hit the sister Abigail on the floor and got the victory. So uh, fans went crazy for it. Again, I thought it was a, a, a I think it's, that's the right move right now. Seth Rollins had gotten very stale as Universal Champion. Fans had, have turned on him already. This pro, this feud with Bray Wyatt has turned him very unpopular. And I think it's, you know, taking the title off of him will help Seth get some of his edge back, hopefully. And Bray, it just freshens things up. WWE really needs that right now. Everything feels kind of stale. If And with the split brands, it feels like there's less star power on Raw, especially, than ever. Of course, now you got both titles on SmackDown. We'll see what they do with that. But it was... Uh, it was it's a good change i think i mean i have no freaking clue what happens from here bray wyatt a smackdown talent appearing on the first segment tomorrow night on ms tv uh run the won the universal championship so uh who in the heck knows what's gonna happen yeah i mean that's kind of when wrestling is at its best right when you got a little chaos when you got some unpredictability it's uh, you break out of the format a little bit, and uh, WWE has been very much in their lane, uh, staying in their lane, not doing anything out of the box. You know, the draft we've said it before the draft this year was the dullest draft I think I've ever seen. You know, Stephanie just reading the names, it in was the exact like, order they were listed on the website, exactly. It was about as exciting as getting a text. I don't know, <laughs> or if <laughs> maybe even less, text. right? <laughs> right. Uh, it was, yeah. So WWE, they need to really shake things up. And I'm, I don't mean, you look at how WWE was in 95 when they were getting destroyed, losing popularity, not getting, they weren't getting destroyed in the ratings yet by Nitro, but they were getting hammered business-wise. And then you look at WWF in, in 1998, 99, how different the shows looked. Right now, Raw and SmackDown have looked the same for a while and it keeps getting tamer and tamer. They need a jolt. And, and this is, you know, this is one way to help it. Well, uh, so that was Crown Jewel. I think there are some highlights. I recommend if you skip the pay-per-view, uh, watch some clips online, at least, of Tyson versus Braun. Uh, watch the women's match. At least watch the build-up and the conclusion of the women's match. And uh, the high points of uh, The Fiend versus Seth were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they worked their asses off. I feel you know, I feel bad for Seth that this <laughs> this program has just sucked for him. Uh, he's yeah. he's doing what he's told to. He's reading his lines, and they've just sucked. Yeah. Uh, so everyone's speculating. Remember on backstage, they said that when Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss went to SmackDown, Raw was going to get a future draft trade consideration out of this. They said consideration, yeah. But again, WWE, much like me, doesn't always use the correct wording. Mm-hmm. Or say it exactly, you know, you get kind of the spirit of what they're saying, even if it's not down the letter, like Vince is very particular sometimes about it. I could absolutely see this being Bray going back to Raw. Although still the idea of Bray and the Fiend, like in a draft, traded, reporting to management. All, could you imagine like Freddy, like like I'm dealing with Freddy Krueger's agent. Like it's that silly. It's like this is a mystical character. I To me, this seems like something that... Because they haven't really mentioned it since that that week, right? It's been kind of forgotten. Like a week and a half, two weeks. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's been a few weeks since then. But you would think if they're really going to do something, that they you know make sure to keep mentioning it. Man, that would be unfair. Getting Bray for Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. No offense to either of those guys. Um, I mean, look, you're not going to have two world champions on on SmackDown. For long. I mean, I could see them going with it to Survivor Series or who knows? Maybe they do something to end it, end it this this Friday. Yeah. So what else is going on in the world of wrestling? Let's talk about these AEW versus NXT ratings from Wednesday night. Okay. So the both games were against the World Series, which the overnights were 21 million. And that's actually going to go up because uh, that didn't include a lot of the West Coast viewing. So a huge competition. Both shows were down big time. Uh, NXT was down 17%. AEW was down a lot more, 21%. AEW doing 759,000 viewers. NXT doing 580,000 viewers. So, uh, you know, again, poor, really poor numbers for both for where they've been. But, you know, it's kind of like it's it's not like a... 
a warning sign or anything. We'll see where it is next week now. Next week, if they don't recover, then it's starting to become one. But, um, yeah, just Raw doing one of their all-time lows. AEW doing their all-time low this week. NXT, their all-time low, but against insane competition for NXT and AEW. Now, in the 18-49 to demo, NXT did .18. AEW did .33, a .33 rating. So almost doubling it. Uh, so it wasn't quite as big as previous weeks. Previous weeks, AEW has been beating NXT by like over 100% in that demo. But um, yeah, again, AEW beating NXT every week since they've started by uh, by handily. And um, yeah, we'll see next week. Uh, hopefully, uh, the thing is, I thought AEW did more storyline-wise to try to get you to tune in next week um but there's not the big angles right now i feel like on either show that are getting you hooked to where if you stop watching for a while will you come back Uh, i think that's where smackdown's hurting there's nothing that you're like any if you're a new fan you're tuning in for the first time and you watch it and you're like what is gonna is there a storyline that's gonna make me come back next week or is it is it just business as usual I feel like everyone's forgotten that they're putting on a TV show at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the having cliffhangers, you you know, you're a breaking bad fan. You watched El Camino, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we watched that. And after that, which I I thought was very good. I mean, you know, if you're expecting something groundbreaking, it wasn't, but it was like a very good episode of breaking bad. But after that, me and my wife went back to start watching Breaking Bad again. Every episode is ending on some sort of cliffhanger that gets you tuning into next week. Yeah, uh, Raw used to do that back in the day, and and the, you know WCW Nitro at their peak, they would do that successfully, where it just left you wanting more. If I was WWE, I've been on a tear. We watched all of Succession on HBO. Have you watched that yet? I know I have not. So it's about an, an aging media icon. It's it's based on Rupert Murdoch, but it's uh, based on him and his, his adult kids and who's going to succeed him in the company. And there's all this infighting and turmoil and it's the lives of the mega rich. If I was the WWE, I would be using this. You don't even need to have Vince on screen with this. Um, I think you can involve some wrestlers in it. You could do some great stuff. Um, but it's showing how you can do very simple drama between people in conflict and then you throw in the fact that you get to go on and put on these awesome matches i don't know i think they need to rethink what kind of show they want to be and because they've got three hours guess what they could be five different shows over the course of three hours they could have 10 different storylines all running that eight different genres and just give us the amazing i mean wrestling is some of the best it's ever been the performers are some of the best they've ever been we're not in a big character era where the characters are able to carry it so let's get 10 concurrent storylines going and uh, give people something to sink their teeth into give me something to think about you know in terms of what's going to happen next because just the who's going to go out there and trade wins and losses this week that is not compelling yeah i mean that's the thing the the characters i that's where i do feel like aew is doing more as far as trying to get characters you know uh, they're doing a little bit more than than wwe but Outside of Chris Jericho, no one's really coming across large in life. Maybe Cody Rhodes to an extent. Um, it's coming across as a, a real star. And, you know, NWA Power, I really like their promos and everything, but they don't have the, that's the storylines that will keep you coming back every week. And now it, it's a it's a niche thing. It's, you know, it's 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 a cult thing. But, the, you know, you look at their YouTube numbers from their first episode when – and granted, YouTube numbers are fluid. They're not the most reliable because you'll watch one video and then all of a sudden the next one will start up. But, you know, when the first episode did close to 500,000 uh, 500, viewers by the end of the first week, uh, the second is what they're at like – they did like 300,000. The third is at 200,000. This first and this fourth one right now is at like 140. You know, off, that'll go up some, but – you're seeing that that drop and and i think it's the lack of story like a strong storyline yeah from for week to week i mean and with aew what they're gonna i mean they're taking i feel like baby steps because it's such a small part of the show but at least the storylines that they're doing are very compelling and interesting it's just that we've still got a lot of new talent that most people don't know who these these guys and uh women are yet Mm -hmm. at this point so it's interesting challenges nxt man i feel like and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it is back to feeling like NXT on the network, which isn't, which was still very, very good, 
but I feel like, man, you got two hours. Like, what are they missing to just bring it all together? Yeah, I know I get criticized uh, for kind of saying the same thing every week. But Eric Bischoff, he there's an article on WrestlingInc.com if you check it out right now. Um, and and he's, he said it best. Uh, and this is a, a sentiment I agree with 100%. He said, the audience to me makes it, the AEW show so much better than the NXT show. Not that there's anything wrong with the NXT show. The action is great. The characters are great. But when you put a live event inside of a small confined studio, kind of like TNA, I don't care how great the action is in the ring. It just doesn't have that big event feel to it. And I think that it, week in and week out, that's what makes AEW easier to watch, uh, more interesting uh, than NXT. Yeah, and uh, I think this is part of the reflection of WWE stock price. So if you put a dollar into WWE stock in April, now you've got a little over 50 cents. Yeah, it, it's dropped a ton. Today it's down 16%. Uh, the, Q3, the Q3 earnings came out, and uh, I mean, WWE missed expectations on you know all the, all the major in all the major areas kind of a theme for wwe missing expectations i feel like it's the thing the company is best at well yeah uh i mean the stock price is still up from where it was a year ago and you know from where it's been but um (laughs) you know uh it, it it is it is down a lot uh today and the uh the earnings were very disappointing um yeah, let me let me let me pull that up here real quick. Uh, one second. Um, go ahead and talk about something real quick while I bring this up. <laughs> uh, so Halloween is tonight. There's a it new is. Terminator movie coming out. I'm going it to is. see it tonight, and I'm a little disappointed. Schwarzenegger, Arnold hasn't appeared on WWE programming to promote this. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right, I got it. <laughs> so net income fell. Um, to 5.8 million from 33.6 million uh, due to tax ben- due to a reduction in tax benefits. Revenues only declined 1.1 percent, uh, but it missed expectations. Media and media revenue rose from 246.1 million, but it missed expectations. What they expected more 146.8, so just a little bit. Now the big drops again for another quarter. Live event revenue dropping 13 percent. All the numbers are on Wrestling Inc., so you can see if you want the exact numbers. Consumer products, uh, merchandise, basically, fell another 13%. Live event revenue was a money loser again this quarter. Uh, Yeah, ratings fell uh, from this point last year. All these numbers are compared to the same quarter last year. Uh, WWE was touting that the ratings fell, but it was didn't fall quite as much as the top 25 shows on the cable networks. Those fell 7%. Raw was down 6%. But Raw was also boisted a little bit with the Raw reunion special. SmackDown, I believe, was down 4%. Um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, bad bad news on the WWE business front. And um, it's going to change next year as far as the media rights. You know, with the Raw and SmackDown, those deals have kicked in this quarter. They're going to be making a ton of money off on those ends, but if they keep dropping on the, all the other, uh, they're going to keep missing expectations, and so that stock will probably, you know, keep dropping more, even though they're making record uh, record revenue. Yes. Do you uh, think Vince has a clause in these media rights contracts that say no takebacks? <laughs> Deal is final. Yeah. Uh, well, USA, they have nothing to worry about. Uh, they're beating USA ratings were down 15% from the same point last year. So they need WWE. Uh, so they're happy with they, they want to keep it. Fox is a whole different animal. I mean, the ratings are way down from what they were last week's not last week's not not I'm not going to count the FX one. The week before was down consider, considerably ratings wise from the year before that. So you know, yeah. it's pointing out in the chat too, WWE merch prices have gone up also in the last year or two. And I think that, um, just think it further shows that there's a sense of greed in terms of a lot of what they're doing, right? I mean, they're not, I think they're thinking about money first, creative and fan satisfaction, maybe fifth or sixth. I mean, after maybe what kind of day is Vince having? Um, you know, it's just, I don't know. I just don't feel like the priority is on fan service or satisfaction. It's definitely not on uh, the storylines and, and the on-screen. You know, it's it's co- it's creating content, but not uh, uh, not effective content. 
Yeah. It's just throwing matches out there. Um, just throwing shit out there to get more hours of streaming and, and, you know, tout those numbers. But as far as creating stars, uh, who, you know, the fiend is the only one that's been created in a while. And that's mostly Bray Wyatt. That's mostly Bray Wyatt. Well, tomorrow night, we're going to be back to talk about SmackDown. Me, Matt Morgan, Michael Wiseman. Raj will be back on Monday. Talk about Monday Night Raw. Someone is point saying that FS1, no one can find it, and it was barely promoted. promoted if you care about watching a show, it's not that hard to go on your phone and type, you know, what what channel is FS1 on. Um, I think it shows how much people care, though. Exactly. It's more people not caring enough to find it. So... You know, I, you know, I don't count last week's SmackDown rating, but it was way down than, way lower than most people expected. I mean, WWE thought they were going to do around two million. I thought it was going to be in the one point six to one point eight million, doing eight hundred eighty-eight thousand. Uh, I, I look, I'm sure this week's WWE on Fox number is going to be the lowest yet. I do think they'll rebound a little bit next week. I think all the shows will be up a little. I don't know about Raw, but at least uh, AEW, NXT, and SmackDown should be up next week. We shall see. Uh, until then, stay tuned to Wrestling Inc. for all the latest wrestling news. Anything else before we take this home, Rush? Yeah, they're uh, teasing uh, on backstage tomorrow. They're teasing a big name, a huge name. So we'll see what that is. I know, look, uh, CM Punk has said he has not been contacted uh, regarding the Fox gig. That was a couple weeks ago. That fizzled out pretty fast. Yeah, and he could have been contacted since then. I mean, they are... They are touting it as a, a big deal, and they're making it on backstage. I, I think they said the name will be on SmackDown. That they're going to announce it on SmackDown. Maybe it is. Maybe I mean that's how I would do it. I would have right. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me double check this. So uh, they posted a video, and they said their first guest will be announced on this. Okay. So it's a big guest. So I don't think it's going to be punk, but so here's the question. It'd probably what be someone like a Goldberg or who knows, maybe undertaker seems out of character, but so if it was CM Punk and the fans were disappointed that it was only on Fox, uh, or if it was only on WWE backstage, what would fans chant if they were disappointed by the CM Punk? <laughs> right. the question. Yeah. So it's, it's just the first guest on backstage. I don't think it's going to be, who knows? Uh, again, maybe a Goldberg, someone like that. Uh, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein, where I greatly appreciate a follow. And uh, we'll catch you back here tomorrow night for SmackDown on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. <laughs>